machines in their bedrooms, their studios, their best friends' garage or basement. Those who negotiate the system every day to make time for the music that matters. For those who get in debt to fund the fight against the mundane. For those who stay true to their cause even in the face of income and fame from compromise. For those who feel the power of every beat. For those who keep their minds open. For those who encourage and support those pursuing their personal dream. For those who sacrifice relationships to make sure the music is heard. For those for which the music is a lifetime, not a pastime. This is Bass Agenda. Agenda. This is Brian Bonds. This is Martin Bonds. You're listening to Bass Agenda on Deep Space Radio. 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 Hi, how you doing? Welcome to Base Agenda, episode 202. Real special one, this. It's a real honour to have had the chance to interview two guys that many of you on Facebook, upon seeing me advertise this show, have described as the unsung heroes of Detroit techno. Underrated, deserving of some recognition, and I hope we can get that done today. Martin Bonds, Brian Bonds, two brothers, both done solo work, but are also part of a wider collective of people really working together for about... uh, 30 years now, recording under various names. We'll go into those in the interview shortly, but uh, many of you will know them as Strand and Real by Real. In addition to Brian and Martin, the collective I refer to is also made up of Brian Boyer and Kenneth Ketch Harrington. Also done some collaborative work on and off, and soon in the future too with uh, Orcs 88's Keith Tucker, DJ K1 too. I had a 90 minute chat with the guys one Saturday a couple of weeks ago. About two thirds of that is in this show for you. Plus music that covers their career. Plus some unreleased stuff for you too. If you've never heard of them, stay tuned. This is one of those occasions where there's a lot to learn, not just musically, but also about the history of Detroit techno, creativity, collaboration, and what talent and passion can create when it's not attached to egos and hype. Later on in the show, I'll be going into the promo box to play you some uh, new morphology. Will Simpson. Got some other bits and pieces too, including Jeff Mills.
start out together? How did you meet up and start making music? Um, well, our family had moved from Detroit to California for, for a bit. And we moved back and uh, I was locked out of the house, our new house. I didn't have a key yet. And I decided I was going to climb through a window and I saw this kid walking down the street. And I said, hey, man, uh, you live around here? He's like, yeah, I live up the street. I said, man, can I borrow a ladder? I'm locked out of my house. He said, and he just said, yeah, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. And it was Catch, Ken Harrington. Uh-huh. So we've been friends ever since. And then he introduced me to Brian Boyer, who lived a few doors down from me. Mm-hmm. And he was already in a, a, a neighborhood funk band. I mean, he's younger than us uh, by a few years, but uh, he was a great guitarist in this funk band and uh when we met i always had tapes of music um different types of music that wasn't played on the radio and he grabbed we all shared a liking of that type of music and um we decided to form our own band uh yeah i catch on drums brian keyboards guitar was on the bass we had to teach mm. Catch how to play the drums. Uh, he didn't oh, really? know how to play. Yeah, but uh, he had his older brother was a is a great drummer, and he taught Catch too. Um, but mm. we spent many hours, uh, with, with, uh, 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 you know, working together, learning learning how to play our instruments. Because I didn't pick up a bass until that point, but you know. Mm. Uh, I, so I love kind bass, of feeling so. your way, feeling yeah, your way together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Except Brian was already there, you know. He, right. He, he was he was our uh, music teacher. Yeah, Boyer's yeah, proficient. Yeah. He's a he's excellent uh, a musician. I mean, he's proficient in guitar. He's a, a cellist. He's a what else did he play? Vibraphone or vibraphone <laughs> and the, the cast tech jazz band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. multi instrumentalist. Real, uh, real by real is primarily myself but there are times when you know brother and i collaborate or catch from strand sometimes we you know we do but but you know primarily strand is brian catch and and brian boyer and real by real is primarily me but like i said sometimes we collaborate a lot of times you can't help it i mean we all grew up we grew up together doing this stuff and we're still you know i'm saying within driving distance of one another so we end up you know hanging out with each other you know working on music or whatever so yeah it's gonna always be like that yeah, sure. Pretty much. Sense, I think yeah. early on, when Marty was at Metroplex, it was Marty. Um, you know, mm. he would bounce ideas off my head, and I would give him my two cents on what he was doing. But it was him early on. Um, but later, we started collaborating with each other with our different sure. projects. I guess you right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you obviously work well together then. <laughs> uh, actually, yeah. Um, we since day one, since his he got a he bug bugged my parents to get him a CZ one thousand, and uh, mm. I got a nine oh nine, and you know in his bedroom, and we've been working for a lot of years together. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, man. Jesus, if my, if my brother and I made music, I hate to think what noise would come out of that. <laughs> Wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> well, we've had our moments. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way it goes, isn't it? So I'm just going, I guess it's good to go back to the beginning first off. So as far as kind of, 
you know, realizing that music was something more than background noise, you know, something that kind of really caught your, your attention, you guys? What was, what were your earliest kind of exposure to, to stuff that made you sit up and notice? Oh, wow. Uh, well, our dad owned a record store in Detroit on the east side cool. um, mm. in, what, 69 to 72? And um, we were always there with him. And mm. um, I've loved records since I can remember, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and our house was always filled with music, always. Uh, mm. Beethoven, uh, James Brown, Motown, mm. you name it. Um, my parents made sure that we were exposed to a uh, variety of music and also yeah. uh, encouraged us to take formal lessons as well. Ah, okay. I was going to ask you about that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then back then, public schools also, uh, the part of the curriculum was music. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it was so, required. It was required, exactly. That was part of your regular right. curriculum, you know, mm. and, you know, until about the 80s, I guess. Yeah, I can remember Lou Robinson and uh, Kelly Hand and I in grade school, and we had it, we had to take a music class, and it was vocals. You know, the music ah, okay. teacher she taught she she taught vocals, and we learned basic music theory in that class. Mm. And I'm talking like maybe the third or fourth grade. Yeah, uh, yeah. They taught us what a staff was, what the time signature was, uh, bass mm. clef, the difference between bass clef and treble clef. Um, it, it was pretty. It, it was it was a uh, a good, a good base, at least for yeah, yeah. For, 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 for formal training. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how you look back at it? You look back at it as, as giving you a, a kind of a, a foot, a foot on the, in the right direction kind of thing? Uh, yeah, yes indeed. Um, yeah. And also, uh, 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 make, it put, put music in perspective, at least it gave us a base on how, how it was made and how to mm. make sense of it. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Oh, cool. And then it, did you go on to learn any instruments? You know, go on to learn, I don't know, piano or anything? <laughs> well, <laughs> nah, I didn't have the uh, patience, actually. That was more of, <laughs> I've always been a gadget guy, so kind of like, you uh, know, okay. I always went for the, you know, play. I tried, I, I did take lessons, guitar lessons for another, for uh, about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Play guitar with us for a minute. <laughs> I was no good at it. I preferred, you know, <laughs> taking things apart and putting them back together or whatever, so. From that point on, it was always electronic stuff from that point. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was probably like 80, like 1981, somewhere around there. Cool. Yeah, okay, I, yeah, yeah. I, I had, well, I started as a drummer in school bands and moved okay. to the trombone. And when I met uh, Brian Boyer and Catch, I mm. picked up a bass and, and, and uh, learned to play that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I was good. The reason I was going to ask you about whether you'd had any formal training is, and you know, I know you may just have a natural talent for this, but listening to the melody stuff that you guys have got in all, across your whole career is it's, it's really special stuff, man. Really, I mean, this, you feel the soul in there. It's really, you know, some of it's really warm, some of it's really dramatic. And I thought, I just wondered whether you, that was just your natural ability, or did you have to train that? Maybe you're too humble to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know I appreciate that. Uh, we, I, I don't know if it's, it's, I think it's a bit natural, 
uh, because we've been influenced by so many different types of music, but the yeah. uh, ry rhythm is the universal language. Um, and uh, I think to, 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 con to, to, to convey the rhythm, a melody is the trans is, is, is the transport to me. Rhythm always comes first for me. Mm. Okay. Um, and I think the melody is is a conduit to, to people connecting with it because mm. everybody doesn't have rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've met my ex-wife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. And I think the melody is certainly, as far as I'm concerned with, with most of your stuff, that's where the emotional, you get the, from the rhythm, you kind of get that primal thing. Mm -hmm. But the, the emotion comes with that, that the other layers. That, right. Is that, is, that, is that what we're talking about here? Yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay. You hit the nail on the head. And what about for you, Martin? Is it pretty much the, uh, the same, same well, thing? I know I tend to focus more on uh, the sounds and creating sounds. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 it's to me, it's really satisfying when you can conceptualize a sound in your head, mm -hmm. and if you mm -hmm. can render that from a machine, that to me is yeah. very satisfying. I tend to spend more time on that than I do like on, with, with uh, you know melodies this that and the other. As, to me, it's right. always been sounds. So that's why when okay. Brian, when my brother works with me or Catch works with me or whatever, those guys mm. usually come in and put a mood into the track with uh, pads or strings or whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm more yeah. of the guy like I. I'll make me spend two weeks on one sound because I can hear it in my head, but it's not translated. You know what I mean? So once yeah, I finally yeah. get it, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what motivates me anyway. Yeah, so a lot yeah. of this stuff, cool. a lot of music that I do. Brian, you mentioned Lucid, which is one of the recent ones. Oh, um, yeah. Um, I, love the, I love the way the melody on that evolves as well. Man. Well, thank you. Um, so why, why, why did that one kind of come to mind for you? I think because that that track in particular, uh, a track, we always collaborated with Strand, me catching and Brian Boyer. Uh, but this one in particular, um, it, it, it showcased everybody's uh, wheelhouse in our in our organization. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, basically, I I was base baseline, um, mm -hmm. and uh, some of the uh, rhythm, uh, the drums. Uh, Catch came in with the uh, the, 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 the chords. The, the, washes okay. over it and Brian Boyer mm -hmm. was the melody man um, okay uh, the key man too uh, he's a he's a great musician uh, mm -hmm. I'm not so much but uh, he's he's a really good musician and uh, you know that I think that track embodies our friendship over the years and our collaboration together over the years um, mm. 
Brian, Brian played the guitar on it. Um, actually, yeah, he yeah. went and bought some mics so he could mic it, and he recorded the guitar uh, at his home. Um, mm. And he, that's what he brought. So um, that's that's why I'm. That's one of the ones that I'm more more uh, happy with because, like I said, it embodies a total team. Um, yeah, yeah. And we've yeah, always yeah. prided ourselves on, on working together, and um, mm. you gotta have a thick skin because out of all of us, we we don't hold anything back. We're brutally honest with each other, and I think that's why we've been working together so long. I've had mm. people ask me all the time, um, "You guys still together? You guys still?" I'm like, "Yeah." I mean. <laughs>
inspiration? I mean, are, are you purely inspired by playing with sound, or, or do you draw inspiration from other stuff? I know some people get inspired by, you know, things that have happened to them, or movies they've seen, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I can be inspired by a move, uh, hops. You know, there's one track that I did, uh, well, we did, but, um, that it was inspired by the way the sun was shining through my window one day. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, that was a... Sh- I, we never re- it wasn't formally released Shake I gave him a copy of it he played it you know mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in a lot of his sets uh, but it was actually how a light came through the window that inspired me um, mm. but you know sometimes I'll hear a sound or I'll imagine a sound and if I get lucky enough to translate it and maybe mm. how the sound you know the modulation to it might inspire yeah. um, the drums to it, um, mm. but usually for me, it's it's a rhythm that, that sure. I can build off of. Well, with, I know with me, um, I tend to like when I do a track and look, sit back and listen to it. I tend mm. to want to feel as if I just watched a you know a really uh, trippy sci-fi kind of a movie.
So what was your kind of exposure to gear? What was the earliest stuff that you you actually kind of got your hands on yourselves? Um, you know, what, were you, what did you start out with? Uh, well, for me, uh, actually, I think what happened was when I told you earlier, I tried to learn to play guitar or whatever. So I sold the yeah. guitar and I bought, and I can't think of the name of this little synthesizer uh, that was used in the, uh, the, the, the song, uh, da, 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 oh, uh, little Casio. Yeah, it's a little Casio little thing. Casio okay. tone, was it? <laughs> I forgot the VL mm-hmm. something. I forgot the model number. But anyway, okay. anyway, so, yeah, so that, that, that started it. And then after that, it just, you know, yeah, I started going to, you know, uh, uh, old, you know, uh, guitar shops and yeah. guitar mm-hmm. guys back then. They weren't into the electronic stuff, so yeah. uh, they'd have you know someone to come in and trade in you know a drum machine or something like that. And I think from there, I uh, ended up getting a, a, a three hundred three, a baseline three hundred three out of a, out of Pyramid Guitars on Grand River in Redford, yeah. Michigan. Yeah. And I think I got it for seventy five bucks. And then they and the, and the clerk at the store when he when he sold it to me, he was like, "I feel bad. This this teenager, he's paying too much for this." I'm like, eh. And he's like, as a matter of fact, he said, we had one of those crappy drum machines, whatever they had. It was an 808. It's just some guy came in here and gave us 150 bucks for it. He's like, I can't believe it. Like, oh man. He sounds yeah. like a good guy to know, man. Yep, so yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah. Yep, so the 303 and then um my brother had a 903. That's the base the acid machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And then uh, my brother had the 909 <laughs> and the 303 didn't even have MIDI. It, it mm. was Densync. Uh, at okay. time, and and I think it was dense. The Densync was only out, I believe. Uh, could have been mm-hmm. only in, but anyway, there was an easy way to you know to change it. If you open it up and modify it, you know, just basically uh, uh, use something to stop con- these contacts at the back of the socket for the Densync, and it would, right. then, then it would be a Densync in or whatever, and then it would mm-hmm. link up. The 909 had a Densync function too, so. I was able to go from there. I was like, okay, then pretty much kind of took off from there and they ended up with a CZ1000 and a Yamaha QX20. Yeah, it's all coming back. That was like 30, 40 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, Yamaha QX21 sequencer, I think. And I used to spend a lot of time mm. in high school in my bedroom. My parents thought I was weird. It's like, why don't you go out and meet people? Hang out. I'm like, these are my friends right here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm still yeah. trying to make them talk to each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, the language. yeah. Between that yeah. and my brother and, and catching Brian or whatever, yeah. That was, just, that, just couldn't think of it. Uh, most of our lives has been, it's pretty much been taken up by music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. There's, there's worse ways to spend time, man. That's yeah, sure. yeah, sure. <laughs> Got to stay strong. And on. And keep your soul intact. Got to stay strong. And on. And keep your soul intact.
so far from Martin and Brian Bonds. We're slipping into uh, their latest release, really. This is a remix for Keith Tucker's Optic Nerve project. Just came out recently on Soma. This is the Strand remix of Techno Programming. guys hook up with Keith where, where did that because uh, he's, he's got a huge lot, a lot of respect for you guys I got that from speaking to him before and I could see it goes both ways man. Actually, oh, yeah. Keith, uh, Keith actually first time I met Keith uh, was at Metroplex when I was staying there and and that and mm. Keith came with his partner and they recorded a uh, track an EP with the, uh, one of the titles is television, television. And, and when Keith came in Keith and actually Keith I may have met Keith through Shake but anyway this is mm. this is when they came down to Metroplex and, and and they tracked their first uh, EP and uh, and I was just amazed. Keith came in, man. He's so organized. He came in, set his stuff up, and boom, and, and you know, hit the sequencer. And I'm tracking the stuff on a half inch sixteen track record, and I'm thinking it's going to be a while. Going to have problems this that, and yeah. Breeze right through it, boom. And Keith was such a cool, real dude. You know what I mean? That mm. we, I don't know, I've been. You know, good friends since then. You yeah, know, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had him through Marty, um, and uh, he's always been open to collaborations with us, uh, sharing information with us, sharing new technologies. Uh, we 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 work together well. We he's we're gonna release a Strand Meets Optic Nerve EP this year. And it's it, people are gonna love it. Uh, there's a track that we actually made together. <laughs> and oh, we shared studio space downtown Detroit. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we, we've actually, we, <laughs> we, we actually played the parts and sat one, one session and recorded it, and that'll be released. Um, um, yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, he's, he's a brother, and uh, <clears throat> we have nothing but love for him and mad respect, because he's one of the hardest working people in, in, that I know in music. Him and Sean Rubin. Yeah, those <laughs> guys are hard workers. Both those guys work hard, and, and, and it takes a toll, too. Sometimes you can hear, yeah, you see some of their posts, and they get, you know, they're like, I, I, I don't know if I just keep keep doing this, and, uh, and, they, and they, but you can't, because that's their, that, you know, it's in them, that's their built. Making this stuff is their, is their built, as, as some people say. They can't escape it. <laughs> Uh, matter of destruction track brian i think you chose that as well i don't know how you do it because it's it's very i mean i don't make music so i'm always kind of in awe at people who come up with this stuff but the the, the there's not a lot to it but there's a lot there is a lot to it in in the feel of it it's uh yeah it's really something yeah, what, what was that's, that a Sean, that's Sean, Sean, Sean tate's track mm. that uh he yeah. commissioned marty to remix and uh, I happened, did you call me over here? Well, I think I just happened to come by, you know, I, I visit Marty all the time. And yeah. he was saying, hey, mm -hmm. man, Sean Tate sent me this, to, you know, to remix. And, you know, I and, and Marty had, uh, what did you made some sound? Um, the, uh, I guess the sound that's on the top Marty had created. Not the, the clapping that one? Yeah, the clapping. No, yeah. not the clapping that. talking about matter of destruction. The acid, the acid line on that is yeah no that was Marty um, I, oh, that's nice oh yeah yeah and Marty didn't he he when I came over he he didn't play that at first he was playing some of the uh, top end for me and uh, I think he accidentally turned the bass on and it was uh, the TBO three the replica yeah, the replica of a three o three and uh, right. I was like yeah. hey man that's hot. He's like, ah, oh, man, I was just fooling around. So I'm like, no, nah, man, you got to keep that. So mm. it went together. So uh, they, we, you know, I added a, another part to it. We wanted some strings, and uh, you know, me and Marty fooled around with it for a minute, and we just couldn't get the, the dark strings that we both heard in our heads. So we had mm. to call it the 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 the, 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 the uh, funeral dirge man catch. <laughs> Marty called uh, catch over and catch that's that an down. Official, that's an official title then. <laughs> oh yeah, catch catch. <laughs> well, that came from one. Uh, I played a track. Uh, what was it? Irony that was on Serious Grooves for one before it was released to get his opinion and. He and I sat up and listened to it. Juan was staring at the wall. <laughs> he he's like, "Yeah, that's cool, man." Uh, but uh, those strings are like a funeral dirge. <laughs> and, I said, <laughs> and I said, "Well, that was catch." Yeah. So that, I, that's what it kind of stuck with him. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, he came over and we we had fun doing it. Um, mm. uh, Catch came over and it didn't take him any time to get to feel the vibe that we were trying to get. And he knocked it out, man. What? Mm. About a half hour. He, and you know, wow. and, and, and we spent a lot more time getting the right sounds, you know. But mm. uh, wow. And when we sent it to Sean, he, he you know, he didn't even have to say anything. Hello, are we on the air? Is my mic working? One two one two one two. I am three one three. I am the butcher. I am Sean Tate, and you are listening to Base Agenda. Thank you. 
so much. Sean Tate, Matter of Destruction, Real by Real Remix. Next up, I had a chat with Martin about living at Metroplex Studios and working with Juan Atkins. Actually, I ended up uh, uh, working work with Juan quite a bit because I actually uh, resided at Metroplex Studios. Uh, I think my f- the first release I had uh, on the compilation um, album and there was an advance I was supposed to get <laughs> and I was like hey man in lieu of that in lieu of that advance you know he's like basically giving me at least it's like parrot set of keys whatever to the place I'm like yeah I'll take that especially at that age you know what I mean and I was like in awe of, of what of what wine a lot of them cats did and I was like cool yeah. so so that was like you know and I'm dropping out of college and going to that college <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, but you know, I'll say there's a lot of moments of starving this, that, and the other. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. I but but that. I did. But we did. Well, Juan, Juan was a, is a quiet type person, kind of stealthy, and so mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. the Metroplex to myself most of the time. And, you know, of course there were people coming in and out, but the studio part of the building that we were in, because you know Kevin Juan and Derek all shared the same. Where, where you know they rented spaces within the same building or whatever. But uh, anyway, you know what? A lot of times I just because I, I didn't you didn't pay for I didn't pay for studio time or anything. I was living there, so I'm just messing yeah. around, messing around, messing around, whatever. And on occasions, I turn around at three in the morning. I'm just messing around. And I turn around and look, and Juan sit behind me. He's like, "Hey, motherfucker, where'd you come from?" He's just, he's, and and, and, all, and all, Juan would always say is, uh, "Hey, man, uh, did you record that?" I was like, "No, I'm just messing around." No, nah, man, you always record. You know, you can record over the tape, and I can buy more tape. I was like, yeah, okay. But I learned, right. I learned a lot from that. I enjoyed working with him or whatever. The first one was uh, was Aftermath, a track called Aftermath. That was on the, uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Techno 2 compilation or whatever. What was, it? what was the name of that album? Uh, the, the, the Sound of sound Detroit 2 or something. Yep, you got it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Man. Yeah. I, I wasn't crazy been, about the remix. I've been digging. You won't believe, you won't believe the dust I've got rid of to find stuff. <laughs> I've found all kinds of stuff I forgot I had. Yeah. It's been a real well, Keith, Keith Tucker told me that you were, you were thorough about what yeah. you do. Try, 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 try to be. So, yeah, so that was your first, was it, after that? Yeah, yep, that was the uh, first one.
uh, and sure. since you were mentioning uh, uh, one of your uh, one of your favorite records and ones that you're most proud of, it's probably Vessels in Distress. His out was really right. Uh, Juan had kind of basically really literally breathing down my neck. You know, I'm standing there at the Pro One, which is Juan's like you know he's the Pro One master or whatever. And, uh, yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there trying to program a sequence, a top line for Vessels in Distress. And he's like, hey, man, forget all that. And he's like, man, play it live. Just play it live. He's literally stood behind me. It's like, you just come up with something right there and play a little top line live or whatever. And I was like, no, I, I always program things. So I did it live, and I was happy with the, with the finished product or whatever. And I was glad Juan was there to encourage me to do it and that wow. or whatnot. And so that's one of my favorite tracks. And that's one mm. reason why. No, I, I love that. Yeah. I love that track, yeah. man. That's, that's so, so driving. Yeah. And... Um, so that so the recording that we would be familiar with is is you is is a, a, mostly a live take. Is that, is that well, the, the top line is is, is live, and and, okay. and yeah, a yeah. few other parts that they're in there or whatever are played live. Mm.
track I did called uh, Other Side of Life. It's, a vocal, it's probably mm -hmm. one of my only vocal tracks, this uh, singer Tracy Angus. And, um, and, I, oh, okay. and years later, we hooked up, I hooked up with Tracy the vocalist again. And we were, I, was, I don't know why, but like doing another version of it. Uh, uh, and she couldn't remember mm -hmm. some of the lyri exact lyrics. And I had to buy the, I had to buy my own record. <laughs> and back then, and this is like <laughs> in the early 2000s, and I had, I think I paid around 60 US bucks for it, I think. I was like, man, I had to yeah. send me 60 bucks for my own goddamn record. Oh, fuck, <laughs> for your own record, man. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, yeah, yeah, that's, my, that's how a lot of people get high in the charts these days, you know, <laughs> buying their own record. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> it is, man. and you're listening to Base Agenda. Jesus. 
Thinking about Detroit as a, as a city, that it has generated something special in terms of creativity. How do you do? You see that? Do you see, you know, Detroit as giving something special, an experience maybe that's, that's helped drive the, the scene? I suppose I'm not just talking about your music, but kind of the, the, the whole vibe, really. Well, um, it, it, I think it, it was a it was a culmination of uh, the political mm-hmm. environment at the time um, yeah. and radio, terrestrial radio was wide open um, mm. DJs had discretion to play whatever they wanted to play mm. and uh, yeah. that influenced us to no end um it was mm. you, you, you. You didn't have to be. You weren't. I. You, you. Your identity wasn't based on what you listened to, so to speak. You can. You were free to mm. listen to anything, and mm. you know. Now you would get ridiculed sometimes. Um, you know, we were the weirdos. We were the hippies. You know, <laughs> um, but I think because of that freedom. And the fact mm. that we would listen to music from other parts of the world, and this is going back mm. in the 
70s, you know, late, mid-70s, 80s, we were all yeah. influenced, and I think we took those influences subconsciously, mm. and it came through when we were all creating mm. music. Those right. influences came through subconsciously, I believe. Uh, mm. I and, and also, it was a, a time where we could gather like-minded spirits and thinkers we would gather and mm, have yeah. social events and uh, it, it was a uh, I don't want to call it spiritual at all although some of the moments with the music institute were spiritual uh, spiritual vibe to it but I think mm. that that whole uh, scene is what the rest of the world picked up on and could relate yeah, yeah. to it because at all honesty it was special and it'll never be repeated mm. ever and and there's nothing wrong with that that's what makes uh, movements that, that, that resonated with people that's what makes them special you know yeah, uh, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that and um, that's not to say what can, comes after is any less relevant it's just to say that to your question, um, what made it special is because it was a, a an amalgamation of of, mm. of, 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 of circumstance. Very yeah, yeah. I, I never can put a never I can never put my finger on one thing that made Detroit progressive. Detroit is always you know progressive, and, and think when Brian was talking about terrestrial mm. radio and the DJs play what they want to play as opposed to you know anyone that's 30 years old or younger everything's mm. programmed already corporate program but back then they can play what they want to play and I remember hearing Trans Europe Express when I was a kid on the mm. radio on a pop station I think it was WDRQ I was like that's yeah. you know who, who would imagine that you hear Trans Europe Express on, you know yeah. when it was out in 77, 78 whatever on a, on a freaking pop radio station <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that wouldn't happen now nah, no it wouldn't happen no. now yeah yeah no that makes sense and I know we talked about sort of what were your influences and I know it's hard it's always hard to answer that question oh <laughs> man yeah there's, ne there's never one there's never one song but you guys came up with some you guys came up with a, a good mix of stuff I don't know we, we don't have to talk about each and every one of them but maybe if we can if we could just pick out a couple to, to talk about if that's cool with you yeah um, The Groove Line by Heatwave I think that was one of yours Martin um, yeah. I, I hadn't heard that track before you picked it man and I love it it's uh, almost got me singing. That was, uh, that, no, actually, that, that, I think, now, considering the fact that I think I may have been about seven or eight years old when I okay. first heard that record on the, on the broadcast on the radio station, and, I, mm. and what really caught me was the, uh, was the probably... The, 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 the synths in that track along with you know what I'm saying uh, you know of course mm. the, the drumming and all that other stuff but I think that's what really caught me and it's like if and even though I had music lessons in that school I actually, actually attempted to play French one instead of the other but I want to know how did they make this these the sounds yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean but they weren't conventional instruments and uh, right. and so that was actually the first record I think I ever bought it was a 45 and I remember oh, cool. riding my bike to the to the uh I had a paper route 
course, I tagged along my older brother since he had a route. My mom even split it with me, so I was able to make a few bucks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yep, and I remember riding my bike to the to the to this record store in Detroit and picking up that record and had just enough to buy the record. And I remember when I was leaving, uh, the gentleman working behind the counter was like, "Hey, young man, uh, you know, it's a forty-five. You need adapters for it." I'm like, "What?" Like, hey, I'm out. And the guy just threw me a bag of that. He said, "Here, kid, take it." I'm like, "Cool." And I, I think I wore the grooves out that record. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah I bet, yeah, I bet, yeah. man. I'm, I'll yeah, listen yeah. to it. But that was, that was yeah, that was a huge influence amongst mm. a few others. But you know, you ask someone what influenced them, you know, it's pretty much going to be like it depends. What's the temperature outside? How do you feel that day? You know, what I'm saying it depends on your mood, how you feel at that moment. You know, yeah. you can say one thing one day, and then you can think of yeah. something else, you know, another day or whatever. But yeah, that is a hard yeah, yeah. question, like you said. Yeah, yeah, it for is. sure. And, but, and you know, I mean, no, well, there are people who only listen to one genre of music, but most yeah. people who do do the kind of stuff you guys do, you know, they've got they're exposed to so many different things. Yeah. So you can't you can't pick one track. So I appreciate you giving it a go. <laughs> well, anyway. I, I, I say, I, I I believe what Brian Boyer has always said that uh, mm. when he's when he's asked what were his musical influences, and he always says. Anything that you listen to or heard influences you, be it good or bad. So, yeah. uh, I think. Like on the subconscious kind of level. Yeah. Well. Mm. Mm.
So, Brian, you chose, uh, what have we got? Yeah, I mean, Alleys of Your Mind, I'm interested, obviously, for obvious reasons, interested in, in why that one's special to you. And I know you guys obviously know one and have done some work with him in the past. That resonated with me, first of all, because it's just straight up future funk. Um, mm-hmm. And it was played on the radio back in 80, 81, uh, in the mornings on our way to on my way to school, I, I rode with a, a friend of mine across the street. He had a car, and it would be mm-hmm. on uh, WGPR every morning. Uh, who played? Was that Marvelous Marv in the morning? Yeah, yep. yeah. He would play it, and you know, um, it, it, it just, I just gravitated toward because of the sounds, the synths, um, the, the 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 foreboding mood to it, um, but it was the funk mm-hmm. really and. Um, I, in the synthesizers, I've always been drawn to, to, to electronic sounds. Um, sure. Dating back to, uh, Edgar Winters, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I knew it was, they were synths. I didn't know what type, but that was probably the first record I ever bought with my own money. You know, okay. when it was new. Um, but Alleys of Your Mind struck a chord with me. And it also, um, by though Rick Davis and Wine being local, um, mm. it, it it gave me encouragement to pursue what I love doing because um, I right. figured, well, those cats did it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, not on that level, but uh, it, it yeah, it was it was encouraging to know that some local cats could make something that sounds so futuristic mm. and funky at the same time and touch so yeah, many yeah. people yeah yeah for sure so how so you were i'm just trying to say so you were at school when you first heard that you said yeah i was coolie going to coolie high school
This is Dave Clark and you're listening to Bass Agenda. That you that you chose, Marty, has come back to me, and I wanted to talk to you about it. Is this track by Mother, Electric Babyland? That's crazy. I, I can't. I still can't figure out what's going on with people thinking that some some people think they should be on forty-five. Some people say thirty-three. 33. Hey, I don't. I've always played it at forty-five. It was one of the one of the records that was uh, always laying around at Metroplex. And uh, oh, okay, yeah, and and it's just because it, it was it was minimal. And it was a group that you know, like I didn't hear anything else like that. I think they're out of England, but I, I didn't. I haven't heard you know I heard yeah, a lot yeah. of acid stuff or, or transy stuff and all that back then. This is like I say, like ninety, like nineteen ninety ninety one. But that one was different, and, and, and I just like the the, the the clean drum programming and everything in it or whatever. So. Mm. That kind of inspired me. I think uh, what was the track that you called? Sundog, I think. Maybe, yeah, I mean, Sundog. I think I did. I think I. <laughs> I was like, let me get to work, because <laughs> I because that that, uh, that kind of influenced that, that that track. I think it was Sundog. 
Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it sounds like it's got, I don't know whether it's, it's it sounds like there's a kind of a really warped clarinet. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? It's warbling, yeah. I can't, I can't figure that out at all, but yeah, it's a really weird track, yeah. man. I'm glad yeah. you. And if you, if you played you at 33, I guess if you had enough drinks and some, and some good herb. <laughs> but the, but the, I would yeah, play yeah. it at 45 and pitch it down, because at 45, it's like kind of still super fast, but if, you know. So pitch it. I would pitch it down. Play the forty-five. Would pitch it down.
about these days? So you guys, are you do you approach things any any differently creatively? I mean, do you, obviously there's a lot of software out there that, that, that people are using these days. How about the kind of the more recent work you've been doing? Uh, well, um, the the approach is almost the same, um, mm-hmm. but you know, of course, the tools we use are a lot different. Um, we we I use a lot of uh, plug-in instruments. Um, I have a few pieces artboard, artboard pieces I use, but um, mm-hmm. because of, uh, space constraints and uh, sure, you know, I I don't have a lot of room for my wife doesn't allow me a lot of room, <laughs> so um, you know, I, I I pretty much use a lot of uh, software based. Uh, instruments um, sure uh, and Brian Brian it catches well but you know there's some outboard gear uh, little tabletop synths I use uh, sometimes um, mm-hmm. uh, but the, the approach to music is pretty much the same I, I'll sit down with an idea and try to flesh it out just like I did with, with, with the MIDI setups we used, yeah, yeah. you know we used to use yeah. Um, and what you what you said earlier about sort of the rhythm being the the, the kind of the foundation of it is that where you start creatively when you're doing a, a new track you kind of start with that yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, almost exclusively um, there's a few mm. tracks that we've got um, come that'll be released soon that uh, actually they were melodies that uh, Brian Boyer came up with and he would mm. send me when he's fleshed out. And, then I try to uh, make it move with some rhythm. And catch as mm. well. Catch is, is still a really good drummer and drum programmer. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, uh, mm. that's kind of my Latin strand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I get it, yeah. And Martin, for you, is it? how do you approach making a new track these days? Are you... Are you do you rely on a bit of collaboration to get the arrangement? Mm, sounds like you like the design rather than the build kind of thing. Not really. I'm, I'm still, I'm not so much of a plug-in person because I, I got, you know, a number of pieces of outboard gear and, and I'm sure. trying to, and I'm always trying to replicate the, the way, like, you know, we started out doing things or whatever. And I find mm. I end up spending more time trying to, you know, like, like most people who, who uh, Go, you know, try to relive the days when they before this cheap digital stuff, and you, but you somehow, in one way or another, you still got to get it into the digital realm with the outboard hardware. So yeah, I end up, yeah. so a lot of times I ended up spending more time <laughs> trying to get trying to get these devices to, to to sync up just right and this that and the other, you know, along with the uh, the software. But mm. I don't start. I don't necessarily always start with drums. A lot of times, like I said, I'm a, more of a sound guy, so I have a sound in my mm. head, and I'll just go to one of the synths and, and try and, and get it to you know to actually reproduce what I hear in my head. And then yeah, yeah. once I get something like that flowing with the you know with a, a little four bar phrase of something with that sound, then I'll mm. come up and think of a rhythm to go on top. But usually, I end up calling my brother. Hey, man. <laughs> he see this track. He say, "See what you can do with this, man." So, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. We, in a way, we do still collaborate a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you about that kind of. Do you, do you find each other kind of help you help each other kind of unlock things sometimes? Like you, you get to a point and you just think, "I need somebody to 
find that next the next key kind of thing. Or, uh, yep, definitely. especially if you give up. If you got something like, eh, I ain't going nowhere with this. You know, it's something there, but I can't come with that. So instead mm-hmm. of just like deleting the, 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 the project, like, well, let's hand it off to this, you know someone else that you trust or whatever and see if they yeah, can yeah. come up with something. And, then, and a lot of times it'll work out. Yeah, yeah, nice, man. And what was this track you sent over earlier, Brian, which uh, is called Rain, isn't it? Uh, um, that's yeah. Um, I like that. That's nice, man. I, I've only had a chance to listen to it through once since you sent it, but I, I, it, it hooked me in. It was good, man. Yeah, that was Marty. Marty, um, he recorded it a few years ago. Um, we both really liked it, but it, mm. it, 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 he, it needed uh, some editing done to it, and um, he sent me mm. the files and, and allowed me to. To, to edit it I mean I think it came out okay um, I really like yeah, that yeah. track that that embodies Marty's uh, <laughs> Marty's aesthetic he began to warn the people he said after all it's gonna rain after all for 40 days and for 40 nights and the people they believe in and they begin to laugh at him and they begin to mock him and they begin to say it ain't gonna rain Wanted to, but 
because of mm. the pandemic, you know, Ketch and I uh, were, were furloughed from our jobs and, you know, we were at home all the time. And I called a meeting and I said, look here, um, tomorrow's not promised to any of us. You know, mm. this, this is real. So, you know, we, we, mm. we have a gift and we should we should act on it. And they agreed and so hey, we we got three EPs scheduled for this year. We did some collaborations and some remixes and I'm i we've been we've thoroughly been enjoying ourselves and uh mm. you know we, we plan on to keep busy, you know, musically. Yeah yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That was my next question: was what have you got in the future, kind of lined up? Marty, is there anything in, in, in addition to what Brian said that you've got? Uh, well, I have a, uh, an EP um, right now. It's an EP called uh, uh, Tic Tac, which is which Brian, my brother, came up with the concept for you know, the, the title and that. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a um, very electronic sci-fi movie kind of, kind of sound or whatever but it's EP and there's a couple other tracks that kind of fit with it if I ever finish them and possibly an album uh, right now so I'm probably dealing with the label I've been dealing with for a while well Juba Records in Germany so oh yeah yeah so that you know that's that'll more likely be the first half of this year Check out some more recent tracks by other artists that have impressed them lately. Kicking off with one of Keith Tucker's most recent tracks, Schematics. You're listening to the sounds of Bass Agenda. I'm DJ K1 from Aux 88.
Keith Tucker's Uncharted album mm. that he's doing mm. for Jeff Mills series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to man, that. Man, <clears throat> man, it, it, it's, it's something special. Um, he's mm. really proud of it, as he should be. Um, I knew it was mm. special because he called me in. It's like, man, um, you know, you got to come over. And I came by and he was playing the... Um, uh, earlier, you know, the early versions of it to me, and I was just couldn't, I didn't know what to say. I, I loved it from day. And then when he asked Brian Boyer to master it, Brian asked me to help him. We, we mastered it. Uh, Brian mastered mm. the two track album. But man, it, it was an honor and it was a learning experience. And, you know, I really mm. like that. And Jeremiah Shaw, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling his his stuff. Um, mm. And they call yeah, it yeah. electro, but I think he 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 adheres to the roots of it. But he has his 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 uh, take on it, and I, I'm I've been feeling that. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Keith mentioning that or somebody to, to keep, keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jeremiah is, is doing some special things. interested to know because obviously the US I mean the UK too but the US even more so what with Trump and everything going through some crazy yeah. crazy times man yeah. do you think do you think maybe that's that that might have an effect on creativity going forward do you, do you kind of see that anywhere born out of strength for adversity all that kind of stuff I, I would hope so <clears throat> um, I would yeah. hope so I, I know personally um, a track on our, our latest EP was a direct result of the political climate. Uh, Abar. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it was that was the uh, inspiration for me to start that one. Um, oh okay. And uh, I think that it hope I, I would like to think that with with this country and, and to some extent what your country is going through. And it's pretty much the same thing, man. It's the the right wing, you know, people scared of change. So, yeah, yeah, so, sure. and, and I, I think we're witnessing the death throes of, of, of that type of thinking. It's, it's on its way mm-hmm. out, but it's got to go out kicking and screaming. Um, For sure. You know, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah. I, I would hope that 
current political climate inspires people. I mean, that's one way that you can say that I, I'm helping make a change. And, mm. and, and that's one way to express yourself without going and getting arrested. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so I, I really yeah, would yeah, hope, I and I think it is inspiring because with this pandemic and um, the political mm. climate in a lot of countries, I really been hearing some really good music. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had more time to pay attention, you know, because of the pandemic. But um, yeah, yeah, I think that it's it's the current situation globally is is inspired a lot of people because i hear it um mm. so yeah yeah, yeah I, I think I so i think it's yeah. it, it's having an effect a positive effect at least on people being creative yeah i get that it yeah. goes the other way too though there's, there's a, a, a quite a bit of isolation you know the people and that and that, that may mm. affect the sound of uh some of the music that you will hear in the next few years you know what I mean? Yeah. Because of the isolation yeah, like, yeah. that we all have to deal with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's like an outlet for people when it comes to dealing with that kind of thing, I suppose. Loneliness and all that. Exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And then the other one you picked out was uh, Sean Rudiman. Oh man! Uh, <laughs> I've heard that. That's a weird. I love the title of this. Is what I'd like to extend my stay at the Cloud Lake Motel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that just trips off the tongue. That one. Oh man, that, that it's guy, a beautiful track. Though. It is. He makes beautiful music. Um, whenever mm. I get a chance to see him perform live, I'm there because he 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 makes he gives machine. You can feel it. It's, I mean, mm. it's it's emotional. It's not cold and calculated. The mm. process may be, but his end result is 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 is, is emotional. And uh, yeah. his, his latest album, I've uh, I, 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 I've really been uh, feeling that too.
Listen to me. What we do here, it's fucking essential. It's like oxygen. The world's dying of a thousand heart attacks. We heal them up. It's a goddamn public service what we do. It's not, it's not, that's the only reason to make music. Music, music, Uh, so uh, yeah, lo- Los Hermanos. Is it called Let Love Live? Oh yeah, 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 man. And uh, that, that's yeah, that's nice. That 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 really it has that Herbie Hancock funk mm. fusion feel to it, but it's genuine. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, that that track takes me to another place whenever I listen to it. You know, it mm. it, it, it takes me back. But it also, it doesn't sound dated at all. As a matter of fact, it put modern twist on it, man. It's, mm. it's, it's just amazing how you can take your, 
how someone can take an influence like that and make it their own yeah. and make it original. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's and that's one nice. of the things I think. To your point earlier, uh, of the current situation that we all have to live in that spurred, you know, some positive creativity. Um, mm. Not that he, they never stopped. Gerald Mitchell never stops, but. Good few people have said, you know, like you guys are the underrated, you're the unsung heroes of Detroit. You know, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of love for you guys out there, but a, and a lot of people saying that you should have had more credit than maybe you have had. I just wondered how that how that sits with you. Do you do you feel that way? Do you? Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Me personally, I really don't care so much about that. Uh, mm. There was a comment my brother always reminds me about that one of our friends, Eddie Folks. Uh, mentioned, okay. used to tell us when we were in high school, whatever, or after that, when, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we'd always make tracks and recording the cassette and playing, and playing in cars, literally. And that's when he's like, look, look, you cats, man, you motherfuckers, y'all, y'all make all this music just to listen to in your car. And, 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 and <laughs> we didn't, that wasn't the intention necessarily, but it just goes to say that, yeah, I make music that I like for me. And if it's mm-hmm. marketable and it sells or whatever, that's a benefit. You know, that's just to, way I see it now Brian on the other hand I don't know why do you uh, you know we never pushed ourselves out there like that Um, Mm. you know uh, respect and credit is earned you can you can mine it artificially you know in in the media and uh, magazines you know they'll, they'll 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 pick it up and carry it uh, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I think um, I, I do get some satisfaction knowing that people that don't know, and uh, you know, there's certain yeah, yeah. entities that give us respect and tell us, you know, that they respect our work. That's good enough for mm. me. Uh, mm. You know, uh, I, we just do what yeah, we yeah. do, and if people like it, that's great. Um, I, I don't. We don't necessarily do it to, 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 to uh, garner accolades, but I'll say this. Um, a lot of work inside of Detroit people have taken credit for, and they had no business taking credit for it. Um, but that's in the past. Yeah. Uh, it, it's never stopped us from creating. 
Mm. And so, yeah, obviously, man. Uh, yeah. you know, it's good that a lot of things have come to light as far as who actually did what. Um, mm. That's a good thing. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't remedy anything, really. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but we've never gotten mm. caught up in that. And never, not once. Um, right. You know, like I said, okay. those who know know, and that 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 carries us, that carries the date for us. Yeah, yeah. No, I respect that attitude a lot. No, this is great, man. Thanks, uh, thanks both you guys for doing. Well, this. thank you for having us, man. Is there anything we we haven't covered that you'd want people to hear or uh, tell anybody to go fuck themselves? No, well, <laughs> that's, that's what social media is for. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, no worries. Yeah, brother, I appreciate you, brother. Yeah. Reaching out. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad we got to speak after. Yeah, saying it's good to meet you, man. And um, I've always uh, kept an eye on what was going on with you know with information you put out there. Um, I, actually, I got some of the tracks from Carebox, and I I, I think oh, I played did? one of them mm. a week or two ago. Oh, cool. I know I played the Anthony, Anthony Rother one. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Tony one, but yeah, that's oh yeah, man, that's a great project, man. Uh, you, you raised, yeah, raised man, some I'm, dough I'm, to I'm, help, 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 man. And see, that goes back to what you were asking about earlier. You know, with the current situation we're living in, you actually did something about it, and that, that that's that's cool stuff right there. Thank you. No, that means a lot, man. Yeah. You have a great day, brother. Stay and, uh, safe, man. You be yeah. safe, and I hope you guys, you and your family, stay well, man. Yeah. All, All right, right, guys. Thanks very okay, much. Okay, thanks, man. Take care. All right, Andrew. All right. Yeah, look All after right. Music that changed your world by producers and DJs that changed the world. DeepSpaceRadio.com. Love and thanks out to Martin and Brian Bonds. Keep an eye on them. They've got a lot coming up this year. And make sure you go backwards too. Some really, really special stuff in the back catalogue too. A couple more tracks from them. Then we're going to check out some recent and decent stuff from Detroit's Filthiest, Morphology, a few others as well. Thank you. 
DJ Godfather checking in live from Detroit. And you're listening to Bass Agenda.
This Detroit's filthiest, and you're listening to the number one underground bass agenda.
catch up for you. We kicked off this section with uh, a number of names. Sharivari, that was Marty Bond's guitar mix. Then we got into Strand with Bloated, the Juggernaut mix. Then into uh, something new from Detroit's Filthiest, a track called All White Buffs. That was the Oliver Way remix, aka Mr. O from Detroit Grand Pubas. Then into uh, F Jack, I think it is. <laughs> F J A K. That was To The Peak, that was the Steffi remix. And we're just slipping into Quidra by Morphology, coming out very soon on Cultivated Electronics.
for you before we slip into the last track of the show. After Morphology, we had RAU, a track called Battle Royale. Absolute savage track, that one, love it. And then into uh, awesome piece of work from uh, Will Simpson, beginning of the end. Then into Altstad Echo with Nothing Clever. And we're gonna round the show off. Gorgeous track called Twilight by The Paradox, featuring Jeff Mills. Amazing techno meets jazz project well worth checking it out don't forget as usual the track list is going to be up on uh, soundcloud.com slash bass agenda on uh, bassagenda.co.uk and via the itunes feed at some point over the weekend as well full download of the show too of course thanks for listening hope you've enjoyed the show love and thanks again out to brian and martin bonds for the interview stay safe i'll catch you next time have a good weekend cheers <laughs>